Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Week Interview podcast, recorded Friday, September the 9th. On this week's edition, we're going to talk about uh, an ethics scandal at the state capitol and uh, several other odds and ends, including Governor Hutchinson's campaign against uh, legalization of marijuana in Arkansas and uh, a really coming consequential uh, Supreme Court case that has Leslie Rutledge and the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court on opposing sides. Um, so, and maybe some other things. I'm joined uh, this week by Austin Bailey. Hi. Who's, who's bouncing around and there's going to be some exciting ambient noises. Yes, I'm hey. so sorry. I My dogs just busted in and I had to escort them back out. Sorry yeah. about that. No, I think that there's probably going to be a lot of household noises. I'm recording while a... Uh, some preteens are playing poker nearby and some smaller children are wrestling. So uh, there's probably going to be some thumps and bangs and shouts and uh, may maybe some curses as well. Oh, most likely. Yeah. So hang on. So uh, this was an exciting day at the state Capitol. Uh, oh we, my gosh. We, we have, so we've, we've been following this, this, uh, ethics saga involving Senator Alan Clark, uh, bumptious Republican from Lonsdale, Hot Springs area. So get, give us the background. You've been all over this. Well, first of all, I would like to say that I love that bumptious word. Well done. Um, so I think that the Senate Ethics Committee is probably getting a little tired of Alan Clark. This was his second appearance before them this summer. Um, he uh this latest uh this latest chapter um alan clark was was uh punished earlier this summer for having his buddy mark johnson sign him into a meeting he did not in fact attend uh so that he could qualify for mileage and per diem that's you know stealing taxpayer money is is frowned upon and is in fact against the rules so uh clark was was punished uh but, for but, but just to interject he was planning to go to the meeting right he said to he be was, fair he was planning on going he was but he then felt bad and did not um so he got in trouble that was for a june 3rd meeting this was earlier this summer uh when he got in trouble he reacted i would say uncharitably um, he reacted by threatening to burn the house down. He said he was going to be meaner going forward. Um, he took to Facebook and kind of ranted about uh, slaying giants and attacking and um, things that like if my 14 year old son did that, like the guidance counselor from school would call me for sure. <laughs> so anyway, that's, you know, the background. Then um, last month, uh, Alan Clark filed an ethics complaint against Senator Stephanie Flowers. Flowers, a Democrat, uh, Clark, a Republican. Flowers was the victim of a clerical error that um, put money in her account for mileage and per diem that she did, in fact, not earn. Uh, but once the error was discovered, uh, Flowers immediately paid back what they asked her to pay back. Um, Alan Clark uh, filed the ethics complaint anyway. Um, and apparently twice during these hearings that have been kind of spread out over four days over the last two weeks, uh, ethics committee members asked him, like, are you sure you want to keep doing this? And he he stuck to his guns. So today, uh, Flowers was completely exonerated 
they said she did not do anything wrong. Uh, Clark, however, the the accuser became the accused, and he got in some pretty big trouble. Uh, they they determined that his uh, his accusations were frivolous, spurious, spurious, and gosh, I can't remember the the third um, adjective they used. They but, were all, they're sort of the standard legal curse words. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. I would have used different ones, but yeah. Um, so he is in trouble and, and the, the, the punishment sounds like a pretty big deal. Um, he basically would be suspended from, for the rest of this legislative session, which, uh, which means like they're going to pull the plug on his email address. He's not allowed to be like in the Senate offices or any of the parts of the Capitol that are reserved for lawmakers, uh, can't be reimbursed for any conferences or travel, um, and then he loses his seniority for this session, and they're going to recommend for the next session as well. So it, it's it's a pretty big black eye, and you know there's there's some teeth to it. Um, but it, it you know the the full Senate has to vote on that first. Uh, the the Ethics Commission has has made its its recommendation, and the report about these hearings that have been conducted almost exclusively behind closed doors. Uh, will be available to the public any minute now. Um, they were going to send it out to senators to look at for an hour before they shared it with the public and the press. Um, so I, I guess I need to check my inbox, but I'm sure there'll be more to learn once that comes out. So I have a few questions. Do, do I remember correctly that there's some history between Clark and Flowers? Absolutely. So in 2019, uh, Stephanie Flowers, a black Democrat from Pine Bluff, spoke passionately um, and very relatably against the dangers of Stand Your Ground, which basically uh, allows you to kill someone that you are scared of. So we there's evidence that shows that this law, when enacted in other states, actually increased homicides and that people of color really suffered disproportionately under this law. Uh, so it was it was on the table in 2019. Uh, Flowers spoke passionately um, and uh, so like eloquently, but with curse words, which which I like. But Alan Clark did not like that. And at the time, he was chair of the committee and asked uh, Senator Flowers to, you know, dial it back a number of times. So footage of this exchange went viral and um you know, so that that got a lot of attention and it really was interesting. It pitted, you know, this white rural Republican dude against a Democratic woman who, you know, shared a story of being legitimately scared for her son's life. So that happened in 2019 and 2021. Of course, the Arkansas legislature went on to pass a stand your ground bill, which is unfortunate. But um, so, so, yeah, they they are they are already a famous, you know, a, a famous duo that that you know apparently didn't d don't seem to get along although alan clark today after the hearing said that they're friends that they they hugged after that and that that really they're friends although clark did go ahead and not waste any time uh making another accusation he said that um that today's decision was wrong and that in fact flowers owes the state another three thousand dollars that there's no way that we're square and he is staying on this. And am I right that Flowers was not the only one mm. 
at least briefly benefited from this clerical error? Absolutely. And he did address that. So Senator Flowers stayed away for a large portion of the 2021 session. It was really kind of the height of pandemic uh, fears. And she was not comfortable being in in meetings and sessions with a bunch of folks. So like a lot of us, she worked from home. Um, so she zoomed in. So did uh, Senator Trent Garner. He he zoomed in quite a bit. And also, so Garner apparently also got uh, some of these payments for mileage and per diem that were made in error. Today, Clark said that the reason he did not pursue ethical charges against Garner was that uh, Garner did not get paid as much um, erroneously as Flowers did. And he kind of suggested that there were other bigger fish to fry ethics wise. So um, that's convenient. Sure, sure. The 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 fellow Republican does not get any charges. Um, it it is it is um, some of his some of his reasoning. I think there are more questions to be asked. So, uh, speaking of partisanship, uh, you mentioned this. This will go to the full Senate. Uh, Arkansas, of course, the legislature is is dominated by Republicans, many of whom are very conservative and who, you know, would, would be considered allies in normal times of Clark. In the, uh, the initial ethics complaint that you described, it was, it was uh, approved uh, or accepted by the, the full Senate with some of the more conservative senators, Bob Ballinger, um, Senator Beckham, Rapert, Mark Johnson voting against the penalties, and then a handful of others uh, taking a walk that day. So do, what do you have any prediction on whether or not this will be approved? Do you think everybody's tired of Clark and will just I, want him to go away for a minute? I mean, the the feeling I got is that, yeah, people are pretty tired of this guy. Um, the, the Senate Ethics Committee itself is five Republicans and three Democrats. And the motion to clear Flowers' name was made by Senator Missy Irvin, pretty conservative Republican, seconded by Democrat Joyce Elliott. Uh, the motion to turn this all around and charge Clark with, uh, you know, making these frivolous accusations was made by a Republican Senator David Wallace, um, seconded seconded by a Democrat Keith Ingram. But, you know, they, you know, I felt like they certainly did that on purpose to, to signify, hey, this is not a partisan witch hunt in any way. This is, you know, this is legitimately, a, you know, an ethics violation. OK, well, let's let's move on. Thanks. Thanks for all that excellent reporting and uh, read more uh, about that on the Arkansas Times. Austin uh, did a, a comprehensive uh, look into it. Let's let's talk uh, about a couple of other things, uh, at least briefly, and start with what I think everyone expects to be the most consequential case the United States Supreme Court will take up uh, next term, and that is over uh, a gerrymandering claim uh, in your home state of North Carolina. So, I mean, I think pretty much everyone agrees that that it was just 
that the, the state legislature just gerrymandered the hell out of the legislative uh, in, in legislative redistricting. Uh, oh, North, absolutely. Yeah, North Carolina, great- uh, unlike Arkansas, is a is a pretty uh, purple state, right? I mean, it's it's pretty well split between Democrats and Republicans, but Republicans have controlled state government for a while because I think in large part of of this anti-democratic kind of actions mm-hmm. and and this this is a move to to further cement that so uh the the state supreme court said that the state legislature went too far and the state legislature has approved uh, has has appealed that to to the supreme court and it's it's seen as a, a potential precedent setter that could have far-reaching impacts on on uh, state law, election law, uh, the power of state legislatures, um, and so it's attracting a lot of attention. We wrote about it this week because two uh, two of Arkansas's most uh, noteworthy. Uh, legal lights, uh, Attorney General Leslie Rutledge and Arkansas Supreme Court Chief Justice Dan Kemp were on opposing sides of uh, amicai briefs uh, to the Supreme Court. Uh, Kemp joined with uh, with members of state Supreme Courts of all 50 states, I believe, and Leslie Rutledge, as she has done throughout her tenure as Attorney General, uh, partnered with other Republican AGs and something that has nothing to do with Arkansas for completely partisan reasons. Um, then there's we did not mention this, but there's been a lot of national coverage on the the amicus brief submitted uh, by a new group started by Leonard Leo, whose name I think is probably somewhat familiar to politicos, but is becoming increasingly familiar to the general public. He's uh, one of the sort of the main operator behind the Federalist Society, the the deeply conservative legal group that has uh, pushed uh, through all of the Republican appointed Supreme Court justices of recent memory is really he's really almost single handedly responsible for uh, the the shift uh, of the court, the defeat of of Roe. Um, and he just got gifted $1.6 billion from a Chicago tech billionaire who had, had really flown under the radar. And so, you know, naturally everyone is freaking out over all the money. He's been incredibly successful in this decades long process to remake, uh, American jurisprudence. And now he's got all this money and he's filed this amicus brief. And he's pushing what's called the independent state legislature theory. Um, I, I'm uh, going to quote from an Esquire story about this. It, it maintains essentially that state courts have no jurisdiction over state election laws, and that jurisdiction exists solely with state legislatures. So imagine, just think about the Arkansas legislature having full reign over, over uh state election laws 
Yeah, I'm having some flashbacks to my son's uh, eighth grade articles of Confederation History Day project. The the articles of Confederation, it did not work out well when all the states kind of did their own thing legally. It it, it didn't pan out that time. I I don't think it would pan out very well this time. I don't know. Yeah, so this is a a really scary thing that bears watching, but we just want to note it because uh, of, of the the chief justice and attorney general being on opposing sides. Uh, well, let's, let's, unless you have anything that you want to add about that, any, any North Carolina insight? Mm, no, just, uh, that my dad gets really mad because he's drawn into this really wacky, uh, district that's shaped like a barbell, like dumbbells. So, um, yeah, uh, my dad's real mad. Yeah. So you're from the Asheville area. And yes. I remember going to a conference several years ago where they were talking about how the the legislature had taken punitive steps to take away normal powers that a municipality would have, like Asheville couldn't govern its water system or something. It was just like they were mm-hmm. going to screw with the this this liberal outpost as much as possible. Oh, but, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Madison Cawthorn was there representative there for a while they were pretty mad i think uh all right well just uh quickly wanted to mention uh the constitutional amendment that is on the ballot but uh may or may not be counted we're still waiting on the supreme court state supreme court to weigh in that would legalize the adult use of marijuana the campaign uh for that has started to heat up um i think that the smart money is that the Supreme Court will approve it, though who knows, because our Supreme Court, like the U.S. Supreme Court, has gotten highly politicized. But uh, the uh, Responsible Growth Arkansas, the, the group behind it, has a lot of money. It's got all the cultivators in support, so it starts spending money. Um, of course, part of the, the revenue from it would, would go toward law enforcement, which is a politically winning message so they've got an ad where they talk about uh, how important this could be to state law enforcement uh meanwhile governor hutchinson has taken on uh the role as sort of the chief opponent of this uh there's a lot of speculation leading up to it on uh on who would who would fill that role there there's not uh, a natural uh, opponent of it uh, that has much money or there wasn't thought to be. And Governor Hutchinson, who, uh, you know, once led the DEA and is, uh, you know, a longtime straight arrow uh, opponent of of uh, marijuana, has started talking against it. He talked to a law enforcement group earlier in August and told them that they need to stand against it. And he tweeted today linking to a group called what is it? Secure our. Uh, here, let me pull it up real quick. Secure, safe and secure communities. It's got mm. one nothing sounding names, uh, which is uh, a new uh, election question group that that was formed recently and is primarily funded with quarter million dollars from Ron Cameron, the secretive poultry magnate from Litterac who has been bankrolling conservative causes for years 
if I was if I was selling chicken, I would want there to be more marijuana use. I feel like <laughs> this would, hand in hand. Yeah, this is very strange. Yeah, so he's he's a, he's a, like a very uh, religious right winger. Jane Mayer did a great story on him in the New Yorker uh, last year, I believe. But anyway, so that's out there, and uh, you should check out the website to see what he linked to. There, the the problem of running an anti-marijuana campaign is that the the stock art is really bad for that. So, like, they have a picture of these people smoking a joint, laying down, and they just look they look like models. They look like they're having a great time. It looks like an an excellent Saturday afternoon. Just smoke a joint and gaze into the distance and but we're not but they're like this look this is actually bad look pretty yeah it's backfiring yeah. and then they they have a picture of a little kid rolling a tobacco cigarette because of course tobacco is brown and marijuana is green so they're not okay. they're not winning in the yeah. in the messaging so far and uh ace's tweet is at least when I looked earlier, was very close to getting ratioed. So we'll monitor that closely. Yeah. Well, um, he's very he's very square, Asa. It's I mean I guess it's charming, but hmm, I don't know. He's not selling me. No. Okay. Uh, let's move on to endorsements. What do you got? Okay, so I have a really uh, great book I'm reading called Empire of Pain, and it is about the Sackler family, uh, makers of OxyContin and, you know, founders of our nation's heroin addiction, basically. Um, and I'm, I'm only about halfway through, but um, it's it's really fascinating. It talks about uh, these three brothers who went to medical school and were not only, you know, medical experts, but also marketing experts and just kind of how the family was able to combine uh, advertising, marketing and medicine to create this huge fortune. Uh, their name was was on everything. Um, and uh, I haven't gotten yet to where their where their fortunes turn, but it's it's pretty fascinating. That sounds great. Uh, well, I'll recommend a very different book, and uh, that is uh, a book from the 60s, I believe, uh, by Richard Stern called uh, Other Men's Daughters. No, it's from the 70s. 70s, but about 60s, called Other Men's Daughters. It's, uh, it's another book from New York Review uh, of Books, Classics. No, New York Review of Books Press. It's a New York Review of Books Classics. I've endorsed a bunch of these. Uh, they've they've uniformly been great. Uh, this one um, is about uh, a Harvard professor whose marriage is sort of disintegrating, and he stumbles into a relationship with a, a co-ed. And it's, I mean, that's a very that's a story you've read a thousand times probably, but. It's, is it based on Bradley Gitts? <laughs> yeah, we should have talked about that. Uh, it's just the prose is so perfect and sharp, and uh, he is really lovely to all his characters. Uh, and yeah, it's just uh, it's a it's a great book. 
it's I think he's Stern is 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 considered like a novelist novelist like he's he's famous for not being as famous as he should be. Uh, Philip Roth goes on and on in the introduction of this about how great this book is. It's, it's other men's daughters. Other men's daughters, yeah. Which is not like I I was I was going on vacation a few weeks ago and I was like this is not a book you should read on the plane this is not this is just this looks like a creepy book ah yeah it kind of does i could see how that's a problem yes mm. but okay. the, the book is not creepy it's it's well done Sounds all right good. well thank thanks for listening and everybody stay safe out there i think max will be back next week so he can tell us about all the good food he ate and talk about the news that he missed that's good take care Bye.